1: and welcome to another episode of Star Wars Action News. This is Marjorie.
2: And this is Arnie, and we are back stateside. We spent quite a bit of time in Europe there. Just got back in town a few days ago, and so are we resting? Are we relaxing? No, we are at Wizard World Chicago, or as they, I think, would like us to call it Chicago Comic-Con because everybody just wants to ride on San Diego's coattails.
1: I think you're correct. They do want to capitalize on the Comic-Con, they usually call it Wizard World Chicago. I think with C2E2 now, it's getting kind of hectic and crazy as to what everything is.
2: Yeah, I think they should have like a West Side Story kind of knife fight to figure out who gets to call themselves Chicago Comic Con and who takes some other name.
1: That'd be funny to watch Jerry Milani, the press guy here, take on maybe one of the guys from Reed Pop or something.
2: Travis, I'm calling you out. Travis and Jerry... I think it should be like maybe the Beat It dance where they wrap the wrists and then pull out the knives and see who wins. But honestly, we have just not really had much time stateside to check, but there's been a lot of news with the Black Series, the Saga Legends, the 6-inch and 3-3 and quarters hitting stores. And so while we're at Wizard World, we're being joined by a whole bunch of friends. So let's go around and
3: say who everyone is.
0: Hi, this is Sarah.
3: Hi, this is Chris, Jediota7
4: on the forums.
0: Hello, everybody, this is Brock, happy to be here.
4: Hello, this is Creature, Daryl on the forums, back from Europe, joining you once again. And this is Jonathan, you're on the PEGS reporter.
2: So, guys, especially Chris and Jonathan, I think you two have had the most time shopping. What's going on in stores?
5: Well, I don't know how it is for you, Chris, but it's been very hit or miss for me. I have found the Saga Legends, the Mission series, and the Black series, both the three and three quarter inch and the six inch, but it's been a lot of work.
3: Yeah, I agree. It hasn't been like they're out there in mass for you to go out and find. I had to get my 6-inch Black Series by asking a Target employee to get them out of the back and that was a little, it took a little bit of convincing for them to do that. Uh, you know Chris, I had to do the same thing and I went to one
5: Target and I gave them the DCPI and it came up in the back and they said they wouldn't get it for me. They they absolutely refused. And in one of the Targets that you and I both frequent, they, they've they eliminated the Star Wars section altogether. It's gone.
3: Yeah, the, that one out there in Vernon Hills, they have half of it set. They haven't set the other half of the aisle. so. I asked them, where's the Star Wars stuff, and they said, oh, we haven't set that side yet, and we're not going to put anything out till we do. But I found a lot
5: of the three and three quarter inch black series at the, my local Toys R Us's. I haven't found as many at Target's, but I have been finding them at Toys R Us's, and what's amazing to me is that they're the same price. they are ninety nine. the same price as that they're supposed to be at Target and Walmart, so
2: maybe... Toys R Us is finally getting competitive. See, I'd heard that they were showing up at Toys R Us. I had ordered some at Toys R Us at the buy one, get one half price sale they had online. So I have a few of those on pre-order. They only had a few of the figures, the Luke, the Padme, a few others. But because it was Toys R Us, I actually hadn't gone, thinking I'll wait till they show up at more reasonable stores. But if it's the same there, I have read on yakface.com and Jedi Temple Archives that they're now showing up at Walmarts as well.
5: Yeah, that that report came out a couple of days ago that they've been showing up at Walmarts. So I haven't seen any yet, and I've been looking. But the other thing, if you uh, follow the face, the Swan Facebook page, and it, I know it was picked up by Yakface, we've already found variations. The uh, plastic bubble on some of them have molded lights on the right-hand corner, and some of them are, are clear which for those people with issues like myself who collect variations, it's a real pain in the ass.
2: To be clear, the bubbles don't light up. What they have are little molding ovals that kind of mirror the orange pattern, which is lights, on the bubble. It's not like when you say the bubble has lights, I picture something a lot cooler than it is. Even though it's not as cool,
5: I still am compelled to get them.
3: Yeah, and they're they're good-looking figures, especially for me. I'm really impressed with the 6-inch series. I was kind of on the fence, and after seeing them, I am am impressed. Now, unfortunately, I haven't had time to take them out of the package yet and actually play with them, but they look great. The 6-inch
2: Black Series, I am so desperate to get my hands on, but I'm kind of stuck because I went ahead and I ordered them from HasbroToyShop.com before they ever hit pegs. I ordered them before Comic-Con. And I had a 20% off coupon that they mailed me. And so I'm like, this is great. It was free shipping, 20% off, and I was able to order all four. I just got notice that at least the Darth Maul isn't going to ship until September, and the others are not yet shipped. And so now I'm stuck. I paid with PayPal. They've already got my money. So getting a refund is gonna be a pain or I can buy them in the store. I don't want to go down the road of mint in box and loose on the six inch line. That's just too expensive and way too much space. Mint in box is a fool's game for space. And I can do mint on card, but once you get a box, I just, I do not have the space. I will never have enough space unless I went horizontal and made them like books. Speaking of the six inch line, the
5: one thing I know everybody has been Kind of going crazy to try to get that san diego comic-con two-pack and it came back on hasbro Shop.com for uh, i think about 30 seconds i know chris sent me a text and i'm like diving for it and it's already gone yesterday as we record this, it came up on Star Wars Action News sponsor Big Bad Toy Store that they had the Celebration Europe exclusives up for pre-order. And I, do- I dove on there. Even though uh, Jerry says he's got me one, I'm always paranoid because I never know when the post office is going to destroy it or lose it. So I grabbed one on pre-order. I figured I could always find somebody to take it off my hands. but. That was, Arnie, if I'm not mistaken, it was $75 at
2: Celebration Europe? 55 euros, so depending on the moment, I rounded that to around $75. It was maybe closer to 72, 73, but you know, depending on the day it changes.
5: But I texted you about the fact that Big Bad Toy Store had them up, and by the time you checked, they were already sold out.
2: Yeah, and that was within a minute or two of getting your text.
3: You know, we're talking about the the Boba Fett and the, the Han and Carbonite, and I want to point out that here today, somebody had one on the floor for $250. And they probably still have it. <laughs> I would imagine so, since they're going on eBay for about half, or for about 150 I saw it at 160 out here at Wizard World.
2: But, I mean, we'll talk about Wizard World in a little bit, but yeah, the Boba Fett, 150 160 seems to be about the going price, 250 Hey, free market, he can ask.
5: The only other thing that I've seen in stores is the new battle pack, The Rise of Darth Vader, that has all the repacks and the operating table. Have you seen that, Chris? I uh,
3: I think I saw it one place. I haven't really been actively looking for it, but I, I do think I remember seeing it at a Toys R Us. It's actually a Target exclusive, I think, but
5: that's the only place I've seen it. And, oh, the other report of things that have come out is the new, speaking of Toys R Us, the new Biggs X-Wing is reportedly on shelves, but I have not seen it yet. And that's only going to be like 55
1: Now, I was at Meyer, which is that Central Illinois or Central Midwest chain, and they had the new Saga Legends series out with that weird Darth Vader card that's the clip art. And what I tell you? They were like $10.
2: They were about $8.99 a figure, which was a little high, but I went ahead and had you pick up. You got close to a full set and then a couple of spares to open. You know, I know at San Diego Comic-Con, Hasbro said, these may not have the articulation, but these are the best sculpts we've ever done. Yeah, I I can't agree with that looking at the Obi-Wan. I I looked at the Obi-Wan and I just think that they may be overselling the sculpting a little bit on that line as well we'll get a chance to open them and do a full review pretty soon.
1: Just a quick in the package look at them though when I was buying them, they really just reminded me of really cheap figures like they did for the Avengers or the Iron Man Assemble line that were just the little cheapies for kids. I don't think these warranted the $9 price tag.
5: I had a discussion with another Swan staff member recently and what I told him and what I'll tell you guys is that. Well, I don't think that these those figures, either the Mission series or the Saga Legends, is targeted at us. I'll tell you who loves them: are my boys. They really do enjoy those figures. They don't. When they play with a toy, they don't need the same articulation that we look
2: for, and they like the durability. Maybe so. I'm just looking at it from a collector's standpoint and the price per dollar. I see these as being something that might end up being on the clearance aisle and you can save a lot of money by waiting for them. Of course I won't
3: just in case I'm wrong, but that's kind of where I see them going. I can tell you guys right now that I am not gonna deal, deal with the Mission series or the Saga Legends. I'm just sticking with the Black series, both three and three quarter and six inch.
0: I'm actually looking forward to having less articulation in some of my figures because displaying my figures this year, I had so much trouble keeping them standing up. So if I can get a figure, that I don't have for less, with less articulation. For me, for what I'm doing with it, I probably actually might go for the cheaper price point, even as a collector. Because I have almost every figure I want, at least in some version or, or another. So for this, for my purposes, I'm definitely gonna look into this line. I don't really mind.
4: I will say, even though the Darth Vader looks atrocious on those figures, <laughs> the, the packaging, if you're a mint and package collector, you're going to have a lot more space because those things are about the size of an 8-track tape or so. If anybody remembers what those are, but they are not a big card at all, so you definitely have more room to store all those.
3: You know, you bring up a good point while we're talking about the card art. I mean, what does everyone think of, of the card art for these new, for not only the, the Mission and the Saga Legends, but the 6-inch Black Series and the 3 and 3 quarter inch Black Series?
5: For me, the Black Series on the 3 and 3 quarter inch is going to take some getting used to. It's very minimalist, which is okay, but it's certainly not what we're used to. I'm going to agree with what's been said here, and the Mission Series and the Saga Legends, not a big fan, but... As we said, I have issues and I'm a carded completist, so I'm going to get them anyway.
1: I actually like it. I think it's different. It's nice and slick. It's clean. It's a nice change from the vintage, which I loved the vintage when it came out, but the vintage was getting old and stale on the shelves. And it just, I, I got tired of seeing it. And I think they played on our love of the vintage because we all love what we grew up with and just kept re releasing. And it got to be some of the stuff on the vintage card was kind of sacrilegious. I I felt, but um, I I like the Black Series cards. I think
2: the 6-inch Black Series is the best that there's going right now. I just think that the way they package the figures, the way they spread out the accessories, the way that it's kind of embossed, it feels like a collectible. It feels like a collector's line. I mean, I've been buying Gentle Giant for a long time, and they do silver and black. And what Hasbro said when they first announced this, is that these high collectible lines went with the silver and black theme and they wanted something that was higher for the collectible and so i think that that is absolutely perfect i saw some of them here on the floor at wizard world and i think that they just do a great job with that and the boba fett han and carbonite set primo packaging absolutely gorgeous gorgeous packaging you take it down to the three and three quarter inch I'm a bit of a purist just because I put these up on my wall. People have probably seen pictures of the old Smithsonian in my last house where I had an entire room, and all four walls plus some nooks in the ceiling were covered with three and three quarter inch figures, but what was glorious is they were all six inch by nine inch, and that made it really easy to fill. Now they're starting to change around the sizes a little bit. They changed them up already with the Clone Wars and with some of the other lines. And now they've got two new profiles for cards. This Black Series card is about a 6 by 35 and then the Saga Legends is smaller still. It's not much bigger than an action figure itself. So I'm not a fan of the size, and I think that if you're going for a collectible line, a $20 action figure, then this packaging is warranted. You take it down to a regular three and three quarter inch action figure, as well as sculpted or articulated as it is, you're cheapening the look. And the only other thing I can ding about it, I, I like it, I like the minimalist, I like the orange stripe, I don't like on the three and three quarter, the picture on the back. I think that the large picture, like you showed us the bigs, is not looking very good on the back, it's not very well defined, it almost looks like an etching that didn't come through very well, like an etching of an art student, not an etching of a master artist.
5: Arnie, let me ask you a question. You've talked on this show repeatedly about the rising costs of figures. If this is what they
2: had to do to keep a basic figure under $10, is it worth it? I haven't paid $10 for an action figure in about three years. so. I can't imagine what it would be like to get figures for under $10. I've had to order by the case because they're not in stores. I'm not going to talk about how much I paid for Wedge the first time he was around. Of course, now he's at the five below, but it didn't used to be that way. So for me, I'm okay with 12 13 a figure because that's what I've been paying for years. If they have to keep the cost down some way, they have to keep the cost down some way, and it, I'm not killing it. I have no real problem with the size other than my own ocd but the etching on the back you can't tell me that's saving them more than a dime to not have something on the back there they're already printing orange on the front is it that they really are going so cheap on this that they can't afford a third color printing marvel was printing four color for 25 cents in the 70s
4: jerry didn't make the trip up we can't ask how much packaging costs
1: (laughs) would you be okay with the back etching or what you call the etching if it was more detailed like the little front circle because it's not as it's It's almost like a negative that's smudgy, is what I think it is, but the little round circle on the front has a little bit more detail. Would you be okay with it if it had that much detail versus this, or is it you need a color picture on the back?
2: No, I'd be perfectly fine with it if it was like the front image, like the coin, instead of the back. Like you say, it's a negative image. It looks like a t-shirt that's gone through the wash about 800 times, and you're you're holding on to it because you like the t-shirt, but the design's barely visible.
3: Yeah, I kind of fall in line with what, what you're saying, Arnie, is on, on the three and three quarter ones, I think that it's not very well done on the back. And I think that if you used the image from the front and did something like that, it would look much better. I also am not a big fan of the smaller card. While I like the figures, and I think the figures are done well, and I like the strikingness of, of the black with the orange stripe, I just it's hard for me to look at that figure on the card and say, oh, that's my Star Wars.
0: And I want to say that I don't mind the back as much as you all do. I very much prefer the front circle picture than the back. But I don't mind the picture as much. I actually mind the orange. The orange is killing me. Maybe it's something to do with my eyes and makes it, like, dance around a little bit. I do like how the card is black, and how the figure pops off of the card because it's black everywhere. But the orange strut is a real... I mean, if I had that on my wall, That's all I would see is an orange stripe, orange stripe, and orange letters of the person's name. I wouldn't be able to enjoy that if I kept it on a card. So perhaps what it's actually doing to all of us is say, take them off the card, folks, because it's not much of a card to begin with. I
2: don't know. I actually think that it draws more attention to the figure. You say you'd only see the orange stripe, but you've got a big orange figure on the bigs that we're looking at, too. So I think that it showcases the figure a little bit better. I'm not sure that it would work for, say, a Darth Vader as well. I mean, yeah, Jonathan's now bringing out his pile of loot. We're looking at all these figures. I I, I did it for the show, man. I did it for the show.
0: Take one for the team, John. Thanks.
2: (laughs) You see, now we're looking at four figures spread out. I think you see the figures and the orange stripe. If you line them up right, good luck hanging them. But if you have the orange stripe perfectly lined up, then you're going to have the figures perfectly symmetrical. I, I disagree on the open them.
1: Well my only problem with the card is that it is smaller and that is again the OCD and lining them up and everything. But what it reminds me of is when you go to like big lots or one of those cheap discount stores and they have like a dumbed down version of the toys on a little card. Do you know what I'm talking about?
2: Yeah, we call those saga legend.
1: Ouch, okay.
5: Now the one thing I want to point out, you guys have all been saying how the front looks. If you hang
3: this on the wall, what don't you see? That ugly back. There you go. So why are you (laughs) worrying about it? (laughs) The other point, I I think that somebody already mentioned that if you have a a black figure like a Vader or a Maul, it doesn't pop as well. And I can speak to that because on the 6-inch line, the Darth Maul, it kind of gets lost. But if you have a figure that's not black, especially like a white figure like a Stormtrooper, a Sandtrooper, Clone Trooper, those really look sharp with the black background and the orange stripe. At least I think so. Yeah, I completely would think the same. I think it is a nice showcase for the figure.
2: I'm going to say a couple things, though, for mint on card collectors like myself that I don't like here. First of all, the cards seem a little bit flimsier of a card stock. I think we're going to get a lot more creasing, a lot more bending. Second, just from looking and I again, Jerry's not here. I'm not the packaging expert, but I have a bad feeling about this, if I can quote the movie, <laughs> that these bubbles aren't going to stay adhered with the glue there's no fold around there's no taping and just looking at how glossy the glue looks under these brand new figures i bet in five years or so we're going to see a lot of separation of bubble from card the third thing is with an all-black card like this you you just bought these here at the con and i'm already noticing just the slightest scuffing and all of a sudden you're chipping that black ink off the card i'm surprised they're not using black card stock but you have cards that are chipped and i see white coming through them and the slightest nick and it's white coming through them it's not the case on the vintage cards but on these cards it's like they're just printed black and you can nick them real well to get white i think if you're an afa guy finding an afa 90 of these if you're you know doing like i do oh i'm going to call this a c8 I mean, by the time you start seeing this kind of white chipping on brand new figures, you're gonna have a hard time finding a C6.
0: Like you used with baseball cards when we were kids, you put the black marker on the gorgeous, so you can yeah. get rid of it here. Um, I wanted to point out something you just said, Arnie. If you look in the back of the black series, three and a quarter, uh, three and three quarter inch, you could see the actual glue coming through the back. So you might have an actually a really good point there. I didn't even think of that, but you could clear as day in all four of the figures we're looking at right now.
6: Yeah, but they look really sharp. I, I mean, I'm not the collector, Chris is, but I think they just pop, and it's something that you can see right away, you know it's new, you want to go after it. Heck, even I was looking for them.
5: I think part of it, those of us who like them, it's we're just so excited to see something new other than like a battle droid or a royal guard hanging
2: on the pegs. So what do you guys think of the figure selection? Because to me, I'm like, oh, hey, it's Luke, Padme, Anakin. I'm a little bit disappointed by the lack of originality and character selection we're getting. The six-inch line, I don't know what it is about it. I think because of how they're doing it, mixing in some prequels and doing so few figures a year, it doesn't feel the stale that I'm getting when I look and go, episode two Padme, Anakin. Original trilogy figures I'm liking a little more, but I'm looking at this Padme and I'm just not excited by the amount of visible articulation and the neck joint and the kind of not too bright colored clothes. I kind of wish that they would have mixed it up with a little bit more of a collector focus where they throw in one or two, like an E. Fontman, or I know he's big and expensive, but a Cantina Alien or a Jabba's Palace Alien, just one figure per wave like that to add something that isn't just a quote-unquote upgrade, uh, re-sculpt, rehash of a figure we already have. Arnie, even though
5: these are all figures that we've gotten before, the there is some real nice upgrading to these figures. On the Padme, you can't re- I'm not sure if you can see, but if you look at her back, she's got something I'm not sure we've seen before, which are scratch the scratches with the with the bloodlines on them that comes out. If you look at this Luke sculpt, it's it's so head and shoulders above the last ceremonial luke which we got which was in the uh, 30th anniversary collection and i mean even just the the sculpting on these figures is as good or better than some of the best that we saw in the vintage line in my opinion
2: and when i actually get a set to open up i may be able to appreciate them more but right now i just wish there was a single character that I was just so psyched to get. Or a single outfit that I was
3: so psyched to get. Right now, at the top of my list is Biggs because I thought the last Biggs was kinda meh. As for me, I, I can tell you right now in the three and three quarter inch, there's only three of them that I'm tracking down. And that's the Biggs, the Luke, and I can't remember the other one off the top of my head. You must really want that third figure. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> But I mean, for me, I mean, they just didn't excite me enough to want to get all of them. Now, I agree with you on the 6-inch that because of what they're doing, the small numbers, the small release, four at a time, and some of the core characters, and it's a scale they've never done before, I'm all over that. But for these, I just couldn't see, for all of them, getting the whole wave. So I'm going to kind of be picking and choosing on the ones I I really, really want, because there's just not enough. And I can tell you right now, I am sick of Anakin, and I am sick, sick, sick of clones going back to the packaging a little bit jonathan you
2: said that you have a problem you're trying to track down all these figures with the embossing or sculpting on the bubble as well as without and we don't know whether the future waves are going to have it with or without i mean if you think back to saga the two with the blue cards how the first wave had the inserts and then they decided they weren't going to do the inserts so they shipped them all again without the inserts behind are you tracking down the First Day of Issue stickered figures that were only released in Europe? Because I do have to give a shout out to a Star Wars Action News listener. I hooked him up with a CE2 Boba Fett and Haunted and Carbonite, and he hooked me up with a full set of First Day of Issue stickers, as well as the Boba Fett card.
5: Those are a European release. I'm okay.
2: Really, I'm okay. I'm okay.
5: I'm okay.
3: So that means that you want them but you haven't brought yourself to buying them. I'd just like to point out, when you said that right here at this table, the color drained out of Jonathan's face.
6: <laughs> it really did.
3: <laughs> I knew about it. I just, like, I
5: had
2: pushed it to that. I would repressed <laughs> it. I had pushed it completely out of my mind. I'm in the same boat, actually, because when I read about them, they haven't gotten a lot of press. Not a lot of people have talked about these first day of issue stickers, and I think it's because it's not all around. It was a single event in London And it was very localized to Europe, maybe that's why we haven't heard so much about it. I think Jedi News UK was one of the few sites really hitting home the coverage of it. And I myself was like, I'll never be able to find them, probably just skip it. The listener said, hey, I'm going, would you like me to pick you up some? And I'm like, all right, pick me up all you can. He was able to get the full amount. He said he went back about a week later. They still had some sitting on the pegs with the stickers that were left over from the event.
5: You know, to all our European listeners, all the European collectors that always complain that they never get anything and that living in America, we, we really have it easy. Okay, guys, I want to point out to you, you got the last wave of Clone Wars, the last wave of
2: movie heroes, and now these. Uh, I, my heart's not bleeding as badly for you. My heart bleeds for the Europeans because when we were in Paris, we went to a toy store. And I went down and took a look. It was The real toys were in the basement. It was fungicational toys on the first two floors. And all they had were some real leftover older figures like the Clone Wars with the Jar Jar wave and some of the other, like the white carded Clone Wars figures. That was the newest figures they had. At 18 euro a figure, or approximately $23 a figure. So if that's the latest they have other than going to these specialized stores and or at least the latest that's sitting on pegs, and they have to pay over $20 a figure, my heart still bleeds for the international collector, and I am so sorry anytime we complain about our peg stock.
5: No, and, you know, I said that before with tongue-in-cheek. I, I do understand. I, I know plenty of friends out there, fellow collectors, who I've tried to help out by getting them things that they, they can't get. But, man, to, to put out, like, all these figures that we as collectors can't get,
2: it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So let's move on from those, and we will be definitely doing full reviews of these figures in coming weeks. But we're at Wizard World, and do a little coverage of the con. I was surprised how little Black Series and Saga Legends I saw here at the con. I'll preface that before it sounds negative. I think some of the Star Wars shopping here is the best I've ever seen at a Wizard World, and we're going to get into that. But I've seen things here that I've never seen in person before. I saw a Palatoy Death Star. I got a
0: picture
1: of it. <laughs> What's funny is you guys all get excited at the same time. That was hilarious.
2: I pointed that out to my wife, who actually I was able to convince to come to me, and she goes, well, that thing survived? Marjorie was like, you want to get it now? I I, I came so close. The only reason I didn't is because I was not sure how to tell if it was complete. If Jerry had come to the con, and he was supposed to come at the con, if Jerry was here as my consigliere, I probably would have <laughs> walked away with it. I saw one
5: other thing here speaking of Death Stars there was a vintage Death Star inbox it didn't have the rope that was the only piece missing but what it did have was all the original foam that hadn't decayed
0: I saw a loose Death Star complete without the rope or the trap door with the foam intact in the original box and I and I said to him is this the original foam and he's like it is like I'm sorry. I don't. I don't really believe that. I have trouble. And he pulls out not only to pull out the foam for me to see. He actually had the instructions and the cardboard inserts completely mint, still in that package that they came in in the actual box. A, so it was amazing, and only for 150 bucks.
2: Yeah, honestly, as far as vintage goes, I'm not saying this is a. Rancho Obi-Wan that you walk in and see everything, but I have seen things here that I've never seen before. The diecast 1978 ships like the Star Destroyers saw those in a booth. A Imperial Stormtrooper rifle from Empire Strikes Back still in its original package, never been fired. Not the Han Solo blaster, but the actual Stormtrooper rifle with the orange insert. As far as vintage goes, I think this has actually been a pretty decent show. I saw so many things that I Try, I just got back from Europe. I just couldn't drop a few C-notes on some toys today, but I really, really wanted to. But I thought we'd see a lot of the Black Series. I saw maybe three or four booths with it, and of course they were overpriced, $20 a figure for the three and three quarter, and I'd say 35 to 40 for the six inches that I saw.
0: I also saw a uh, vintage, and I was going crazy for it. I actually saw a micro series best Ben set loved it and I had that as a kid. It was really nice to see that. I saw some loose of those too, the little figurines. I just had so much fun telling my friends I was walking around with about how long it's been since I've seen an adat in a box from 1980 or like the Power of the Force Barada with the coin. I saw that today. Remarkable. I, I pointed out to them like how Walrus Man on the Return of the Jedi card, still mint on card. Well, it's nice. I would want it on a Star Wars card, and, like, and the, the guy next to me was turning around like, oh, this guy, oh, and he's like checking me out, making think I was gonna buy something from. I felt kinda bad after I walked away. But it was like, I just saw I saw an emperor on a card. I'd never seen an emperor on a card before, because I got him you know, in the mail. So, it was like
2: so my, did everyone.
0: Yeah, so did all of us, right, really, honestly. So anyway.
5: You know, it was actually kind of relaxing. Typically when I come to these, I look for vintage loose, because w- I've been working very hard to complete my vintage loose collection so I could display it, and I was able to do that over this summer. Get good, good copies of all of my vintage. So I, I was actually what I was searching for, but didn't. I only saw one figure anywhere. Was uh, the vintage droid series from the animated droids? I saw one figure. The the yeah the uh, Prince Jorpa. Wow! I just pulled that out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I. I, that's what I've been searching for. I didn't see it. As far as like the modern stuff, there's really not nothing that I wanted. But I did see a lot of deals there. I mean, for carded and loose, they seem to be wanting to move the stock.
0: I saw a lot of the Power of the Force two, the green the slide versions. I saw the Power of the Jedi. All of it, five dollars on a card, or even you can probably get a deal better than that. Uh, not only the loose, they also have uh, all on cards, and the cards were battered, but. Recently, when I was displaying my collection, I noticed I've lost a few over the you know over the years. I've lost my Tuscan Raiders, I've lost my Jedi Luke with the gray vest, and now I know I can replace them very easily. At this convention, I've never seen such deals on that stuff before. And I went through every single box that had a green card or a red card or Revenge of the Sith or Saga. I went all of them and didn't find anything I needed, but it was so much fun to go back and look through just in case I need that one figure for basically what we paid for it when it was on the pegs all those years ago.
5: Or less, considering because you said there were deals, and I was I helped somebody who was searching for a bunch of figures, and he ended up getting they were they were five dollars a figure, but he was buying like six, and I I kind of like stepped in. I'm like, oh man, he should give those to you for uh, for twenty five for all six of them, and uh, he the guy guy wanted to move them, so he did.
0: How many more years is he gonna cart him back to this con, right? And it it, it was amazing to see. So many figures available at this time. Every single booth I went to, I mean, like almost every single booth I went to, had something Star Wars in it, which was nice.
4: Yeah, kind of early on in the day, it surprised me even they were willing to deal. Sometimes you have to wait until later in the day, especially being here on Saturday, or they wait completely till Sunday till they'll kind of really deal with you but uh, fairly early on, the first couple of boosts that I hit today were doing pretty well, and going back to your seeing that droids on a card, there were even some carded Ewok figures that I saw that you don't see around too often, and really a lot of loose of the Ewoks and droids that I did see at a couple boosts.
5: Oh, see, I wish I had seen some loose droids figures because I didn't see any.
2: I didn't see those, I saw a lot of loose vintage. I saw some nice loose vintage, like you could have possibly gotten these AFA graded loose vintage ones with all the accessories. And those were 30 or so a figure on average, they went up. I also saw the wonderful booth where it was like the figures you played with as a kid, huge box of those, five bucks a figure. And so, you know, you're just great stuff if you're looking for a rebuild. I'm constantly looking for like the few accessories I'm missing or the last few figures I'm missing. I didn't see anything worth grabbing on that. And I didn't see a lot of vintage carded figures per se. I saw a lot of the toys. And if there were the figures, I must've just been missing them. A lot of times they keep them under glass or something too. But I did see a lot of the loose vintage. And like you said, a lot of the modern stuff, I saw one bin that said $5 a figure or something like six for 20, something like that. I mean, you, again, just, showing the value of these Power of the Force 2, especially in that era of figures, it's just in the toilet. I, at $5 a figure, they're overpriced, honestly. I mean, if you're depending how many you're buying.
0: So you all know I'm a loose guy, and I display them on my shelves loose, and every couple of years, I find that guy with the drawers who has the loose figures. Each individual figure is anywhere between $3 and $7, and because there's so many of them already on cards, brand new, it actually, after I found the guy with those loose figures, and I knew I can get a good deal, Five dollars on those cards, or even four dollars on a card, was expensive to me because I knew I can get them loose for cheaper right over there. And if I'm not sure if you guys saw this guy with all those bins of and not only just Star Wars but other lines, um, I did really well. I got six figures in there that I didn't have, really obscure things that I, if I had to pay ten dollars for uh, a droid from the Sandcrawler, I'd be a little put out. So it was kind of nice. I got everything for three bucks a head, and it was great. And I did a good job. I did a good job of taking my time with them. But yeah, uh, if you if you're a loose collector, this was this is the place to be
2: and for me I got to look at it the other way if you're gonna pay $3 a figure loose or four or five dollars a figure carded I want it carded so that I have the pleasure of ripping the card open and knowing this is the gun that shipped with this figure and it's not a gun that's identical but came from another figure it is this gun for this figure and it's never been touched by human hands the joints haven't been loosened by little children
4: Yeah, I went through one booth today, and the guy had a vintage Ugnaught, and for some reason he was wearing a Lando cape. So I don't know what he was thinking, but getting those uh, current figures, you know, with their accessories is sometimes choice.
1: Uh, Duh, Daryl. Everyone knows about the Lando cape variant of the Ugnaught. Jonathan, I'm sure, has been feverishly looking for this and needs to go up and get it right now.
2: I must leave now. I'm just picturing, you know, Lando's like asleep the Ugnaughts are sneaking in and stealing the cape and like running around Bespin wearing the cape and putting it back and he goes why does it smell like Ugnaught they're taking turns with it there was also a lot of higher end stuff here at a bargain I saw a lot of sideshow and especially General Giant stuff but sideshow 12-inch figures if you're looking to build your clone army $90 a figure that is far far less than retail General Giant statues at a good discount I was specifically with a shopping list, primarily looking for the wicket bust and a few other things, so I didn't actually buy anything, but I saw quite a few bargains out here where if I was just, had money burning a hole in my pocket, I certainly could have spent it and gotten some bargains in the process.
1: I could tell you were on the hunt for something, because any booth that had even a semblance of a statue, you were in there looking up and looking at all their stuff. It's like you were on a mission. Something was burning a hole in your pocket.
2: No, I was just. I, there were some specific things I was looking for. The Twink booth had that Celebration Six Blue Clone Trooper statue for seventy-five dollars, cash and carry. So it started off at two hundred and twenty. It's now seventy-five here at Wizard World, and that that discount price that I got it for at AFX was long gone. But here, Twink still has them, and even after the show i have a feeling they're going to be stuck with something so if you have a twink store near you it may be worth checking out
3: i was going to say i didn't see a lot of gentle giant minibus i saw a lot of sideshow stuff but it seemed like the gentle giant minibus were pretty scarce to come across i saw maybe two booths that had a decent selection of them and uh none of it was anything that was really hard to find
2: yeah that is the one thing i noticed with wizard world and there is the nice vintage stuff that we've seen this time but normally especially when it comes to statues and collectibles like that it's this year's stock you're not going to find necessarily the rare ones we talked at c2e2 how that one guy had the boba fett bus the original one before they even had the comic-con re-release of him but normally what you see here is what is shipping you see the latest figures the latest busts the latest statues but yeah it does feel like there was a lot of sideshow and not as much general giant as usual
5: I would agree. I was actually kind of keeping my eye out for some gentle giant statues and I don't think I saw much of anything. I saw bookends at one place and like one or two statues here or there, but nothing like I'd seen in previous years.
2: But yeah, there was one booth where I saw like the Ula mini bust for 45. They had the Anakin and Sabalba for 110, which isn't a bad price for that piece. There were quite a few ones to choose from. They had the trash compactor bookends for around 200 a lot of the maquettes. So it was a pretty good selection at a couple of booths. But what I have to comment on is they completely changed Wizard World. I have been coming to Wizard World every year since the year 2000, and... This year is the first year we're not in the same hall we've always been in. The World's Fair of Money is in there. I I don't know what the World's Fair of Money is. It makes me think I should go there instead to maybe get some.
5: Yeah, the the, uh, grab bags there must be awesome.
2: (laughs) I'm picturing it's like one of those booths. Remember the game shows where the money would fly and you'd have to grab the bills out of the air? That's what I would picture the World's Fair of Money is.
1: They finally did a very smart thing at Wizard World with their autograph guests because their autograph guests have gotten huge in the last few years. And the last year, they put them right in the middle of the floor. So if you had to go from one end to the other, you got stuck in this quagmire of people getting autographs and all this. So they finally moved autographs into their own area so you don't have to cut through there to get to the floor, which was really nice. It's on two floors this year. And they've got Artist Alley and the autographs on one. You go up and you got the show floor. Awkward, yes. However, it was much easier to navigate this year.
4: Seems like they kind of widened the aisles somewhat during the exhibitor area as well, so that really helped out with the congestion. And unless you get a My Little Pony dress-up girl laying down on the floor for pictures, that was (laughs) kind of confusing to get through there, but it really did help with a lot of the congestion this year.
0: I actually spent a lot more time in Artist Alley than I ever have before because I had so much space to look around. And i really enjoyed doing that and taking my time.
3: You spent all that time looking at the topless layer on the wall, didn't you?
0: I plead the fifth.
3: (laughs) I have to say it was nice to walk around this year and not be constantly in, in a pack of people and be able to move a little bit and look at things and so I, I applaud them for, for what they've done here and moving it to, it's actually on two floors. Uh, you Basically have all the artists and the autographed guests on one floor and then the exhibit hall on another. And it just kind of worked a lot smoother. You just didn't have that congestion, that just mass of people like slowing everything down. So I applaud them for that. Hopefully this will be the model going forward because I think that we've kind of outgrown the other hall. Agreed.
2: My thinking here is twofold. I agree with you guys that I think having the celebrities in their own area prevents a lot of rubberneck slowdown, you know, like on the highway when there's a car accident. That's kind of what it's like. Oh, that guy's career is a car accident and I'm going to be very slow as I go past.
6: I enjoyed not making it to second base with complete strangers. Because that's how it's been in the past, literally. You you end up inevitably touching somebody's rear end or
1: swiping a boob.
2: So this year you made it to second base with people you know? (laughs)
1: Well, that's because, Sarah, when people walk around, the guys walk around with their hands up like this, and they get pushed into you, oops, I'm on boobs! Yes, Yes, they do. They
6: think it's uh, part of the con experience. No, my boobs are not part of your con experience.
3: Can they be part of mine?
6: (laughs) Of course.
0: Oh, is that what they were doing? That happened to me, too, Marjorie.
3: (laughs)
2: I think having Artist Alley, let's bring this back on track! (laughs) (laughs) I think having Artist Alley in its own area is good for people who know they're looking for art, but I think I kind of discovered Artist Alley by accident. I discovered it because we happened to be looking at booths and looking at celebrities and going past it. Now I know to go to Artist Alley, and here I'll show everyone at the table my big Star Wars get, I, I've decided now every con I go to, I find somebody who has a unique art style and get a Greedo. And so I found this one guy who does this really deformed, kind of like Ren and Stimpy liquid television art style, and it, I, he didn't do any Star Wars, but I'm like, I want to see what you could do with a Greedo.
0: What kind of art? Is, uh, is it watercolor? Is it pastels? What is it?
2: It's a hand-drawn and then watercolor colored.
0: It's, it's, it's brilliant.
2: Yeah, I really like the pastel look he gave it.
5: It looks like he's melting, but it's it really is unique and awesome.
2: Well, if I found people who only did realistic styles, it would almost be an Andy Warhol wall of Greedo's that I'm planning on doing. So I need to find the different styles.
1: I have to say that he picked this up from me because what I do is I go around and find the people whose art I like, and they're doing the cheap sketches. I won't pay more than $25 for a con sketch. Sometimes you have to come back the next day and pick it up. But I've gotten some really, really great art. At C2E2, I got a fantastic Jar Jar that looks like Stimpy. So it, it's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah, I won't pay more than $800 for a pecan piece, but as far as the <laughs> gritos go, I Sadly, just... I, he's
1: not lying. He's not lying.
2: But as far as the little Greedos go, I do try to get either very significant artists or find somebody with a unique style who isn't exorbitant. This guy... He was only $25 for a full color piece, and I'm like, that is great price. He was doing really veiny, bulgy eye pieces, so I kind of thought he might go that way with it, but instead, yeah, he kind of goes with the melty, gloopy kind of, greed. you left your toy in the car on a hot day look for him. But no, I was really happy to get that at Artist Alley. Again, so many prints that I don't even know where to begin.
0: Well, actually, I purchased my very first item from an artist and artist Alley this year, a man named Terry Huddleston. I was here last year and I saw his DC and Marvel. What he does is he has 25 characters per poster and it's like individual headshots of different characters. He finally did a Star Wars one and I saw pictures of it from the Dallas Wizard World Con. So I came here specifically to check it out for myself and as soon as I saw it, I knew I had to have it. Thankfully, again, because of the less congestion, I was able to walk around with the poster for, I'd say, about a couple hours without having to worry about how it's going to get damaged. I I really like this piece, and I'm really happy to have it, and it only costs about $30, but he does all sorts of different kinds of characters and stuff like that. I have a picture of it, I'll put it on the, you're seeing it right now on the enhanced podcast
2: i love that daryl is going around taking pictures of everything as we talk about it because he knows he's enhancing this week and he's like he's like i'll need
0: that shot well played sir
2: no i have been watching this guy's art for a couple of years now as he evolves and adds more people you can get the giant heads if there's one character you like he's got like 11 by 17s of the heads or you can get the big montage piece like you got of all the heads right there
0: Yeah, it's going to go right next to my Revenge of the Jedi poster. It's going to go on the other side of the TV. I think it's really one of those pieces that I can showcase in a public area instead of just my little man cave where I record and have my action figures.
2: I love his style. I guess what... The reason I've never bought any of his pieces is because... It does feel a little bit avatar-ish, you know, kind of like our own forum avatars. I don't mean avatar like the movie, but like our forum avatars that Cozy did for us so many years ago that looks so very awesome. And I absolutely love it for that kind of a use. I love it as a digital file. I don't know that, because it's out of context, it's just a head that as a hanging it, it it's not my aesthetic to hang which is why i go by his booth and i go that is really nice stuff i i don't buy it but i really admire it
0: and it, and right to your droopy grito guy i think it's fantastic but that's personally what i wouldn't put on my uh wall as well so it's kind of a great point arnie that it's certainly a personal taste thing and that's what's really great about artist alley this year i saw so many wonderful pieces i saw in Remember the Obama poster a few years ago with the red and the blue? I saw an R2-D2 there and his name was in binary underneath. I think that's great, but I wouldn't hang that personally in my house. And and so it's really a nice thing to enjoy, but if it's not your cup of tea, then don't buy it.
2: Yeah, and there's so much good art out there. My problem is when I first started getting art, like I got some art at Celebration 3. That was my first lithograph was at Celebration 3. And it was Anakin and Vader and Obi-Wan. Vader was in the middle, it was a really nice piece. But now I start looking at it, and a lot of it just starts to blend together. It's Vader, it's a nice slick Photoshop colored piece, a great print. I mean, these are all very talented artists, but now I am drawn more to the unique stuff, the stuff that isn't, you know, you go three booths over and there's another version of that same thing. It's something that, gives you a same feeling, that kind of thing. It's
3: funny, we go around the table and I've heard a theme going around is I spending more time in Artist Alley, and for me, that's the case as well. This is probably my second or third con where I've walked all the way through Artist Alley and actually taken my time and looked, and I actually today picked up a Yoda print. Uh, There's only 55 of them done, and it really captures the essence of the character, and it just, I, I looked around, there's some other ones, there's just some Yoda heads and whatever, but this one captures the essence of the character's eyes are closed, he's using the force, lifting some rocks. And so I went ahead and picked it up, but I'm finding every con, I'm like delving more and more into the art, which is kind of scary because I don't know where I'm going to put it yet, but I'll <laughs> find a place.
2: My rule is if it's an original piece, it has to go up. If it's a lithograph, then you rotate it. You know, you just find it and rotate it. I actually did see that Yoda when I was going through Artist Alley myself. Yoda's your focus character. I really liked the piece. I didn't buy it, of course, but I did think it was really well done. I love the colors and the palette he used on it.
3: Yeah, I agree. It caught my eye and I kind of looked at it and then I said, well, let me think about it. And I came back and when I came back and bought it, he, uh, he was like, I'm glad you came back because I noticed you really like it and uh, they're almost gone. So uh, mine is number 44 of the 55 they did. And I also want to talk about, um, Marjorie's mentioned these before that you can get them on Etsy. I picked up a guy who was doing those, I don't know what they're called, the Perler Beads. And he did a little Yoda that I picked up for five bucks that he had in a box of a bunch of them. So I picked up a little Yoda from there too, which I thought was pretty cool. So just going through and looking and seeing. But it really can get addicting to go through Artist Alley just as much as the con floor itself.
2: And what's really killer about Artist Alley is, first of all, the more you buy, the more you save. All of these guys are willing to deal. So if you just want one print, you're going to pay the price. But if you buy, you could get like 10 for the price of four. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. And a lot of times you may just want one thing and the guy's willing to throw in so much extra for free for you and things. And so you walk away and it's good art. I'm not saying you wouldn't want it, but you look at something and you go, this is the piece I want. Oh, you're going to give me this, 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 this. All right, they're all good, so I'll take them. And then you end up, realizing that you just are out of wall space and like Steve Sandsweet once told me, you have to get one of those like architect storage things with the flats in it to put all your art in.
5: See, I always figured that the good way to deal with it is like one of those poster display things at Walmart where you can just turn the pages. Uh,
0: that's a great
2: idea. I actually thought about getting one of those when our Musical.ly Land closed. They were selling their furniture and I was actively searching for one of those poster stations and they were wanted 5 for it and it was beat up. It required some repair, so I ended up passing, but I have considered that especially around the time when the movies were still out, and this was even before I had a show, but I had so many posters from episodes 1, 2, and 3 from Walmart that I thought that that flip display would have been the absolute
3: way to display
2: them.
5: No, I, I mean, it makes sense that you gotta storage is always an issue with any type of collector whether it be art or figures or statues uh, i know i'm fighting with that right now trying to go through my stuff and say what am i going to put out what am i going to keep in storage
2: so what about you two, daryl and jonathan what are your best purchases of the con I, I really just enjoyed kind of looking around. I also,
5: I think, spent the most time in Artist Alley that I've done in any con previously, and I ran into the artist who, a few years ago, there was on Star Wars Hyperspace, there was like an uh, article about all the different species on Endor, and they had some artwork that accompanied it, and as a lot of you know, uh, over at Republic Forces Radio Network, we've been reviewing the Ewoks animated series, and I was just kind of going through, and I found these, and I saw these pictures at her table, and I'm like, oh, my God, th- those are locks and, and, and there's Baga. And and if you don't listen to the show, you have no idea what I'm talking about. But th- there's all these different animals. And I went up, and she's like, oh, yeah, I, I, I did these for StarWars.com and Hyperspace, and I've got these original, you know, pieces that I was... And I'm selling it. I I was just telling Marjorie a little while ago. I'm really tempted to go back because I think, I I think it would just be really something cool to have. So I think that even if I don't get them at the con this time, I think I'm gonna contact this artist and get them after.
4: I really didn't pick up too much this time, Uh, also getting back from Europe, didn't want to spend too much. Uh, I did look at that $150 Death Star as well as that Palatoy display, but uh, I picked up a few card backs here and there. Uh, Actually picked up um, an old Shogun Warrior, which has nothing to do with Star Wars, but it was a purchase that I made. Um, went through all Artist Alley, nothing really that I saw there but just had a good time kind of walking the floor and seeing what was out there and available and looking at the Black Series. The first time I had actually seen it uh, anywhere since I hadn't been to the stores lately so nothing really for me other than cardbacks this trip. For me this
3: trip was about vintage for me because I've been finding a lot of stuff in stores and I've ordered stuff online through various uh, online retailers and it's all shipped to me and I kind of had a week of, of just toy fun. I've been getting stuff in the mail constantly this week. So for me, I was focused on vintage and I picked up, uh, I think, four vintage figures today. I'm two thirds of the way through completing my vintage loose set. So I'm making my way towards getting that completed. Uh, picked up a Yoda card back. Um, and then uh, the Yoda print we talked about. So for me, I was really just focusing on vintage. I didn't find, when I was a little disappointed because I really want to find a Daegle Boss set and I didn't see any today, but there was a lot of vintage to look at today.
4: I forgot that I did pick up something vintage related, and I actually found a Friar Tuck uh, on card from the Prince of Thieves, so I now have added that one to my collection.
0: And I just want to add in that I saw a lot of people today walking around with Star Wars items. Kids, adults, the gamut. And typically, I don't see that. I saw a lot of kids clinging onto figures in their strollers it was really nice to see Star Wars be purchased by a lot of people today. It was really cool to see that. I mean, right behind us right now it's a guy who has a the giant power droid right there, right behind us. Like, it's, it's everywhere.
2: Yeah, the general giant 12-inch scale jumbo power droid. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of this out there. And, yeah, it's definitely a good time. I think that this change of layout for wizard world was a pro i w- was able to go through the floor the floor had a weird layout the exhibit floor because you got like halfway through and then you just reached an end and you had to go like back and then there were
0: shorter aisles it was that residential area with the weird couches out of the 60s yeah
2: i don't quite know what that was at the very end we went backwards and in an aisle 100 we found like a food court i didn't even know there was one
1: and I don't know, but that guy that was hawking the Viverin, the caffeine pills kept handing samples to me. He was really aggressive. He's like, here, take some caffeine pills. Take some caffeine pills. I've got a whole purse full of them now.
3: We're going to have a fun night. There are some kids that are not going to bed tonight for their parents.
2: <laughs> I think they were actually getting paid by how many they could hand out because I heard one of the other person go, what he's doing isn't fair. He's pushing them out on these people. They're not really taking them
5: like drug dealing at Wizard World. The first one's for free, but after that. No, we got like seven or eight for free. I, mean... <laughs> I don't know if you guys, the, the the one hazard that I did have this year is people with carts just barreling through the aisles with like uh, baking sheets and stuff that from the, from the little food courts. I nearly got mowed down three times.
1: Yes, I'm glad you mentioned that because they were really rude and I don't know where they were coming from, but they just show up with dirty plates and they're pushing and screaming and yelling at you
2: maybe there's something bad in the food if they're all a dirty place the only thing i can grouse about is you said the aisles were wider and i think they were going the primary way up and down the aisles But if anyone stopped for a photo and there was a lot of cosplay here this year i thought not so much Star Wars. There was one Stormtrooper that had hair coming out of his helmet. I don't know if he, that was a style or if he just left the hairnet at home. It was an interesting look for a Stormtrooper to have... A, would you call it a mullet? Like, the mullet coming out of the helmet? but
5: I would call it against regulations.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Oh, and yeah, there was the Mickey Mouse Stormtrooper on vacation. I saw him, too. But in the... Like, horizontal aisles, if somebody stopped for a photo, all traffic stopped. And I almost felt like acting like security, like, please, sir, could you post for your pictures over here so that everybody else can get through? Because we're all waiting for you. But I like this layout. I hope they keep it going forward. I still think this show isn't quite as good as it was a decade ago. I think it's kind of lost some of its luster. It had some big stars here, but they seem to be like contract stars now, Stan Lee is at every Wizard World, they had Robert Rodriguez here, but other than that, it seems like the same roving group
0: Well, We had Michael Shannon here, fresh off of Man of Steel and his career is on the Upswing had a recent Academy Award nomination, I was very surprised to see him here actually Um, and it seemed when I walked by that people were actually wanting to talk to him Brandon Routh was doing pretty well for himself, but that makes more sense to me that Brandon Routh would be here than Michael Shannon
2: Michael Shannon's a head-scratcher. I can only think that he was booked before Man of Steel.
1: So how do you explain Zachary Quinto, then?
2: Has he worked outside of Star Trek since Heroes?
0: Well, Milo Ventimiglia was nowhere near him, so maybe he's still scared of Siler, or it was because they put Zachary away because he's also Spock. He has some, you know a new franchise, whereas Milo, you know, I don't think he's going to call him for Rocky Seven.
1: This is all Greek to me. I have no idea what you just said. Oh,
0: the other guy from Heroes, Milo Vid is the other guy, the kid from Heroes who fought Siler on the show.
1: Is that the little Japanese guy?
2: No, that's Hero.
1: No, he was also uh,
6: Rory Gilmore's uh, boyfriend on Gilmore Girls.
1: I have never seen either show, guys. Sorry.
0: Moving on. Uh, <laughs> what, one thing that I—it's nothing against Wizard World here. It's just I guess the, the general populace of the culture nowadays. I'm getting a little tired of zombies they're everywhere every every version of every character you like seems to be in a zombie format although no wolverine zombie i didn't see that Uh, yet you just see one he's here yeah he's here because i was thinking that wouldn't make much sense would it and yet it's done Uh, well actually because
2: of the marvel zombies comic where there was a wolverine zombie i mean at least they're not just it it, at least it's not a wolverine customer who got a tear in the outfit and decided instead of fixing it they'll go
0: zombie oh i wasn't aware of that so i stand corrected but still I'm a little tired of it. And, and even the artwork in the Artist Alley, a lot of zombie stuff. So, you know, vampires were huge for a while. Zombies will have their course, but perhaps the Dawn of the Dead will turn, turn into, you know, the day.
2: The irony being, right across the streets, a horror convention <laughs> with a Dawn of the Dead reunion. George Romero is over there. Now, maybe that's why we're seeing a lot of zombies, because Marjorie and I, planned to go to the horror con today as well last year we were able to do both in the same day and i noticed a lot of horror con shirts here i we're staying at the hotel with the horror con wizard world because of the layout and because we spent a couple hours in artist alley we didn't get to the horror con we're hoping to go tomorrow but that could be it, but yeah, the entire cast of Dawn of the Dead, the 70s version, is over there as well as George
4: Romero himself, so plus the whole cast of
2: Pet Cemetery, also a zombie
4: movie. I would also like to comment on the one-day admission price this year for Saturday. It was $70 at the door if you came in. It was $60 if you pre-ordered, but I mean, we're talking tickets went on sale this week for Celebration. You could get a four-day pass for $140 there. I mean, it's getting ridiculous, the one-day admission here.
2: That is crazy high when you compare it to C2E2. Yeah,
3: actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Daryl, because that was one of the points I was going to bring up as well. I mean, for me, it's getting a little pricey for a one-day, and I have to say, C2E2 seem like it's, you know, for me, that's the go-to con in Chicago. If I've got to pick between the two, it's going to be C2E2. The one thing I will say for Wizard is they seem to get a few more uh, higher-profile celebrities out than C2E2 did, but I think that you're going to see as that gains steam, they're going to get more and more higher profile care, uh, people out for that one too. But yeah, 60 bucks for one day, it's very pricey.
0: I was trying to think about why they charge so much and I thought because they moved the hall, because they have two different floors, c- could that possibly be it because they have to rent twice as much space?
2: I can't tell if they have twice as much space because they took two smaller halls. You know, they the one hall where the world's fair of money is, is ginormous. I mean, it's huge. It took hours to go through the whole thing. The exhibit floor to me felt really small. Now, because you have all the autographs and everything down in another much smaller hall. I don't know if the square footage is that much greater. It feels like it is greater, but not significantly. And it's just a much better way to lay it out though so that you don't have the collisions of all the people.
0: It seemed a lot of familiar faces were here for vendors, but it could possibly also that they raised the price on vendors as well. I guess we'll never know that unless we ask somebody.
2: I actually asked one of the vendors and he spent about two grand on a booth and he was considering it not successful compared to the other cons he'd gone to and he goes to a con about every weekend. And two grand for a booth, that's
3: pretty high. I don't know how big his booth was, but last weekend Sarah and I went to Toy Con, which is a local show, it's done at like a VFW hall. Uh, it's very tight and packed in. But there's a guy who's uh, here today who is there, and he was talking to me out, out there at ToyCon last week saying for his booth he was spending $1,400 for a tiny little booth. Um, and we did see him today, and it was a small booth. And he was saying it's just getting to the point where it's, it's getting a little pricey for the vendors to come out here, too. Yeah, I, I definitely can see that the case.
2: But I do want to talk about another con going on this weekend because we almost didn't come to Wizard World for the first time in 10 years. Because this weekend's D23, and there was supposed to be huge news and huge Star Wars presents, and we have Marvel over at Marvelicious Toys and big Marvel news. There's gonna be perhaps Avengers 2 announcements, or the title of Episode 7, or JJ come out, and I came real close to saying, I know we're just getting back from Europe, but why don't we just hop a plane, go back to California, where we started this whole mess for San Diego Comic-Con. No, Marjorie's shaking her head no, but we almost went. And then when we were in Dublin, they released the D23 schedule, and our friend Larry posted it to Twitter, and I'm like, really? Really? Behind the scenes of Mary Poppins? A 50-year-old film behind the scenes? Romantic tension maybe between Dick Van Dyke and Julie Andrews, like I give a crap? really this is considered a convention I think I would rather blow my face off than go to most of those panels and so I decided Wizard World was where it's at thank God I did because as we record this Saturday is finished at D23 we got nothing right we we got nothing nada and I say we I mean Star Wars fandom
4: I did see the official tweet from StarWars.com today, and their big announcement was, along with the follow-ups of Episode Seven and beyond, there's going to be some standalone movies evidently, which we've known about now for about almost a year, I believe.
1: But guys, they had a crash course in the Force seminar for people who didn't know anything about Star Wars.
2: I actually felt really bad. That was the other Star Wars program. There were basically two Star Wars things on the program. One was the Disney live action film thing, which was going to be Star Wars, Avengers, and every other live action thing they have. Then there was also Crash Course of the Force, where Pablo Hidalgo will teach Disney folk who don't know how good Star Wars is
3: the importance of Star Wars. Have you been living under a rock if you don't know what Star Wars is for the last 30 years? I'm, I'm really thinking that. I've, I've tried
5: to figure that out, but I'd be very interested to know the attendance of that panel.
1: They actually got rid of every single ticket. It was full house.
0: Do you know this for a fact?
1: Yeah, it was on Twitter by Mary Franklin.
0: D23 is, is a big convention. Disney fans have been going for quite a lot of t- long time. It is a big deal. Obviously, it's it's new to Star Wars fans to actually show interest in it if you're not both a Disney fan and a Star Wars fan, but D23, it was probably the first convention outside of San Diego Comic-Con that I ever heard of. It's that big, that huge. Um, it doesn't sound like much of a Star Wars slate this year, uh, uh, but just for the record, that Mary Poppins thing sounds great. I would like to watch, see that. <laughs> they also announced that, well they only announced it. They actually had an article everyone everywhere about how ABC and Lucasfilm are back in talks about another TV show, which, I mean, come on. Everyone I know sent me that article. I'm like, this is not news, people. But, you know, of course, they're all on the same roof now, so maybe they actually could cut some costs because everyone's in the same house. Who knows?
2: I honestly am gonna be really looking at this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show because if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is really successful, I guarantee they're trying to use that Avengers mold for Star Wars, with the movie a year, the big movies, with the little smaller movies that support it. I think if Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is huge, definitely Star Wars live action. If Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is canceled after two episodes, I don't think it will be. But if it is, maybe they'll back burner that Star Wars idea.
0: Were you there with me with that conversation? I made the exact same point to the people. So it's exactly what, I, and you're absolutely right. And honestly, they're not canceling Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That thing's gonna be a cash cow for them.
2: Well, guys, I think that's it for us from Wizard World. Thank you, everyone. Now. We're all going to head to a group dinner, as we always do, heading to RAM. Well, that's after when we go to Star Wars Burlesque. So, after the TIE Fighter sound that hopefully isn't as loud as it was a couple weeks ago, we will be back with a report from Star Wars Burlesque. So, we are standing outside the Gorilla Tango Theater and we
4: just saw... A nude hope. At the wonderful burlesque show. That was awesome. Truly impressive.
1: I wasn't
2: quite sure what to expect because I've seen some burlesque shows that were classical burlesque. Not that I'm like a connoisseur of this. I think I've been to three in my life. But we went to the comic book-based one at New York Comic Con.
1: Epic win burlesque. And
2: it was an epic win. It was really funny, geeky, cool. Then we went to just one show in St. Louis that was really classical, very demure, like 1930s kind of stuff. I mean, truly classical burlesque. Then you hear about the ones that are just basically excuses for a strip show. So I wasn't quite sure what to expect coming in, having not been to this. But I've got to give them some props for a very funny time. I mean, they had great representation of A New Hope.
5: It was very, very engaging, and I was here with my wife, and the one thing she kept couldn't get over is their attention to detail on some of the things that they did. It was truly impressive. Such as? Um, well, I think that the, the Rebel symbol pasties were uh, really, really quality there.
1: How about the Falcon pasties?
5: The, the, hey, the Falcon Fan Dance was awesome.
2: The fact that they took classical burlesque things like the fan dance but what they did was they cut out a cardboard millennium falcon cut it in half and use those instead of classical
1: fans okay i gotta give chewbacca a shout out because <laughs> when she took off her little like fur coat and had furry panties and furry pasties it was awesome
2: now this was an all-female cast playing the roles of han luke leia chewbacca I gotta say the female Obi-Wan was consistently creepy throughout.
4: Oh, I know. It's just like when she's stripping and she's got the beard, it's like, I can't watch this. I will never look at Luke the same way again. The Luke...
2: I don't remember the name of the dancer. They put him up briefly at the end. Something special. I think it was something Spitfire.
1: Slightly Spitfire. She was very tiny, like Lori Petty.
2: Yeah, I got a total Lori Petty vibe off of her the whole show. Like, from her voice to her short hair to the way she acted. It was very Tank Girl burlesque.
5: But the one thing about the whole production that got me is they got it. They got some of the jokes. Some of the way that they played off things, They, the, you could tell that it wasn't just somebody going through the motions. They got some of the fandom. I mean, the whole bit about Han shooting first, for instance, it was
2: good. To explain to the listeners, they have a cantina dance where people are dancing. Han comes in, shoots Greedo which is a woman with, like, a green-painted elephant snout for, like, a party favor, and then goes, I shot first. That was a good one. Chewbacca begging for a medal at the end, like, where's my medal? That was a good one. Uh, There was a little bit of playoff about uh, Luke being into Leia, and Leia being, like, you kind of look like me, even though Leia was played by an African-American, and Luke was not.
1: (laughs) I thought it was really great, and... It was funny, it was amazing. The girl who played C-3PO was hilarious. She she
2: she had so much energy, she was just engaging. You could tell she was kind of the star of the show. She's the one who started off by saying the rules of the show, no photography, no talking. She's the one who played C-3PO, but also did some other roles. You could kind of tell she may be the, the real star, even if she wasn't playing the Luke character. No, I agree completely. Every time she was on stage, I just couldn't stop laughing
5: and smiling. It was great.
2: And I guess that's what I want to really stress here is this show is risque. There was no nudity. I honestly don't think I saw any more flesh here than I would see on the floor at Comic-Con, which is some women in body paints and pasties. But it was not frontal nudity. It was... Very scantily clad outfits, which isn't to say that I think anyone under 18 should be here.
1: No, and I don't think you can be here if you're under 18, but I totally need Millennium Falcon pasties. I just, if anyone can get them for me, I need them.
2: Nothing. But in addition to okay? being a classical burlesque with the dancing and the scantily clad women, the fact is, much like the epic wind burlesque, the humor is really what was the entertaining part. I mean, their nudity was a very small part, that, but. Just the humor. It was very body humor, though. I definitely would say the the
5: stripping was very much secondary to the enjoyment of this show. It was there, but it wasn't.
4: It wasn't the motivating force. Yeah, it was definitely a more comedic take on the trilogy or on a new hope, rather than you know kind of being a out and out I don't know strip strip, show. strip strip show. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, and I also love that they use mostly 70s music. There was "Love to Love You, Baby," a couple of Village People songs in there, so they really went with that 70s vibe for the whole thing. And not doing—I can't even imagine stripping to John Williams. They—they they did a little Cantina song number, but I don't know. Having like only as an intro,
5: only as an introduction uh, to let the audience know where you were, and then they went
4: into more 70s music. Yeah, I was totally taken away by All Sail Away and I kept thinking of Cartman from South Park.
1: Thank you. Time. Me too. V3, <laughs> all I could do.
4: I'm there with you. Yeah, I can't hear that song and not
2: think of Cartman. And I also love the end space battle. You may wonder how they do a space battle. They actually just had one person with a umbrella that represented the Death Star and Luke Skywalker had this like wearable. It almost looked like a pool floaty like, you know, X-wing. No, it did.
5: But that's another thing. Even though their costumes it was it was like purposely kind of like cheap looking, but they but they got it. They were just funny things that they did, but they 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 really represented it. If this is your thing, I would totally recommend coming to check it out.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I to Again, for the audience, your wife and Marjorie weren't the only women there. I would say the audience was over fifty percent female.
5: Oh, absolutely. There was a um, there was a bridal shower party
2: behind us, like a bachelorette party, and they were they were hooting and howler, hollering and throwing money. Yeah, there was some women in front of me who kept making body comments to the dancers and asked Luke when she was gonna rub her lightsaber. And
1: you just wait to get another beer in me, and then we'll see what I do.
4: Yeah, unfortunately, some of those ladies that had beers and they tripped over the staging, fell right into the back of me a couple times. It was more entertaining than the show sometimes. That actually was. I turned around and watched the woman
2: like trying to get back up when you, your facial expression was hysterical. I was like, "Boobs on stage! Now, I want to see Daryl get out from under this woman." <laughs> but yeah, if their other shows are as funny as this, I definitely recommend it.
1: They have Indiana Jones, Temple of Boobs, they have a Batman show, they have a Mario show. I highly recommend it. They've they, got some great humor. They seem to know what they're doing.
2: They had a Lord of the Rings show, which I'm dying to see how they could possibly do that. If the Obi-Wan beard was freaking us out, because here's the thing is she was showing thigh first, and she, you know, when you're wearing a beard and you're showing a thigh, I don't know what I'm looking at. That was so
4: <laughs> the beard what the beard was disturbing but So the-
2: I can't imagine Gandalf. Oh good god. <laughs> <laughs> what about Gollum? Oh. oh. Why why do I think that would be slightly Spitfire playing that role? <laughs> but the only drawback I can say is the price is a little bit high. I mean, we bet to some others. I think it's worth it, but no, the price is a bit
4: high. I mean, eh, I wouldn't come here all the time, that's for, sh- that's for sure, but just to be forewarned, they do ask for tips about halfway through the show as well if you come.
2: Yeah, and my reason for just saying the price is because the show is one hour exactly. And so if you're taking two people, you're looking at 70 bucks for one hour of entertainment and tipping. And I honestly, I believe in tipping. And, you know, the price is the price. That doesn't mean you shouldn't tip if you're enjoying the show. So I threw 10 bucks in the hat. And so if you're looking at $40 an hour per person, it's really, really funny. It's really, really entertaining. But there is that cost to consider, and it's not something that I'd say do capriciously. Now, I have a question for you guys. Um, Another
5: uh, Swan staff member mentioned to me when he heard I was going that... He was worried that possibly I would not be able to look at A New Hope the same way. How do you guys feel about this?
1: I have no problem with it. I think it's fine. It didn't destroy anything for me. It was humorous. There, there, has, There is something out there that I watched about 30 seconds of and I could not watch anymore. I'll just say, I mean, I think
2: the Star Wars porn parody goes too far. But this, it's all in good fun. I think there's a difference. It's, you know, I, I just think there's that subtle line. I
5: agree with you, but I know that that is a concern for some people who wouldn't consider coming to something like this because they'd were afraid they be afraid that, as you said, it would desecrate something of their childhood.
4: But it, I don't think it did it for me. I will always have fond memories of the show. It will not destroy the original trilogy for me.
2: No, it's, it's so... I mean, R2-D2 is literally a garbage can. I mean, it's like saying hardware wars will wa- waste your view. It was a laundry basket. Oh, was it a laundry basket? Yeah, okay. A laundry basket. You can tell how often I do the laundry. <laughs> so I think Marjorie and I are going to go back to see the Empire Strikes Sexy back. I know you guys have a longer drive. We just got a hotel here. Yeah, we got to head back.
5: Uh, didn't, uh, didn't equate babysitting into the uh, finances here. So thank you for joining us, and it was a good Wizard Con. It definitely was. Have fun, and let us know if we should uh, make time to come back uh,
2: to see Empire Bring Sexy Back. So we just got out of the Empire Strikes Sexy Back, and that is a very different show than the first. It changed my expectations.
4: Yeah, not a lot of humor in that. I mean, there's still funny parts, but it was a lot different than the first one.
1: Yeah, it wasn't as funny, it had a totally different cast, which I thought maybe, maybe they were redoing it and having some of the same cast. There was like one or two the same, totally different cast, different type of humor, not much humor actually. It felt like a
2: different troupe that may have a couple of the same players, because they recast most all of the roles. Gone with Spitfire in the role of Luke and recast with somebody else. Every role was recast. The humor seemed to focus more on pop culture-type references. Like, there was an opening scroll from the Empire's point of view where the Death Star was referred to as the Peace Globe. I thought that was kind of amusing. But some of the best jokes were, like, one of the songs was done to Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody where they basically reenacted the video.
1: Okay, but that really changed the whole freezing carbon-freezing chamber scene to have Han sing that. And they replicated the Queen video, and they used... More Queen songs. This is a second Queen song. One in each show. I'm a big Queen fan. They're the greatest rock band ever. And I really thought that that was clever.
4: Yeah, we talked about, you know, not changing our perspective of A New Hope and The Nude Hope. This one... I don't know if I can watch The Carbine Freezing Chamber anymore without thinking of this.
2: Is it wrong that I actually found it more emotional to have a woman being frozen to Bohemian Rhapsody than Harrison Ford in Cloud City?
1: It was a woman that did it. I thought it was a fact that it was a Bohemian Rhapsody, which could be Han's theme.
2: Well, I'm saying it's the whole kind of thing. Yeah, all together was more emotional. I will say this one seemed to have also less of a focus on nudity or dancing. It seemed to be more
1: skit-based. Yeah, on the first one, A Nude Hope... Every character got their strip tease, and on this one, it was a lot less strip tease.
2: One thing that Chris was asking me about when he left the last show was how would they do Yoda? They dwarfed it. They had a girl on her knees with a couple of feet there, so there was no
4: puppet or anything like that. Yeah, the same girl that played Yoda in this one also played Chewbacca. As well as in A New Hope, she also played Chewbacca and Darth Vader. So they do recast a lot of the the cast around, but she did a pretty good job. It was fairly entertaining. The... uh, the training season scene was done more of as a drunken stupor, I guess, but it, it was very entertaining.
2: Yeah, again, another pop culture reference. Uh, instead of Luke being trained by Yoda over time, it was a training montage to Aya the Tiger, very Rocky-based. I would say the only joke that really fell flat for me, even though this is Chicago, and Chicago is the town of Jerry Springer, but when the end res- climax became a Jerry Springer joke, I don't think that a Jerry Springer paternity test is an appropriate ending. I don't know. It just, the highlight for me was the battle on Hoth where they brought out people in the Adad ad outfits and it was, again, kind of like the pool waiter and there were two people together kind of doing the old Halloween
4: outfit. Yeah, I did also like the Benny Hill montage with the Yakety Sax song in the back where they kind of danced around and had the lightsaber fight.
1: I totally loved Lando with the plus size black woman who was awesome and totally owned that role and who cares if she wasn't as skinny as the other girls, she totally rocked it. There were women
2: of all shapes and sizes in this show, which was different than the last show. I mean, it ran the gamut. I would say overall, this one, they were better actors, I think that the people were better in the roles. But because the jokes were less Star Wars-based, it fell a little bit more flat for me. I can't believe I'm judging a burlesque show in this regard. But it's a weaker recommend for The Empire Bring Sexy Back.
4: Yeah, I would definitely say if you're looking more for the skit-based, you know, go for The Empire Bring Sexy Back. If you're looking more for the humor, just kind of having a good time, I'd definitely catch the first show with A nude Dope.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think... If you were going to go to Only One, I'd go to A New Hope, and just be done with it, have a great time. It's hilarious, it's funny. I highly recommend coming over to Gorilla Tango and seeing it.
2: That said, there is no Return of the Jedi parody yet, but if they do Return of the Boobies, I'd probably come and see it. So that is it for us from Wizard World. We will be back next week. In the meantime, we want to know your thoughts on the Black Series of Figures. We talked about them a lot this episode. Hopefully by next week we have them in our hands, but we want to know your thoughts. Are, what do you think of the six-inch line? Are you jumping into the new scale of Star Wars figures? What about the Saga Legends figures and the reduced articulation? Let us know. Give us a call at 415-508-JEDI.
1: We'll see you next week. <laughs>
0: Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We want your feedback and suggestions for Star Wars Action News. You can email us at show at swactionnews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at swactionnews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook and Twitter. The links to our social media sites are at swactionnews.com. You can be on Star Wars Action News by calling our voicemail at 415-508-JEDI or sending an MP3 or iPhone voice memo to show at swactionnews.com. All materials submitted become the property of Star Wars Action News and are subject to use on our show. You can find even more Star Wars coverage at our sister podcast, Republic Forces Radio Network, where we review each episode of the Clone Wars cartoon series. You can find that podcast at republicforces.com. If you're into Star Wars novels, check out the Star Wars Action News Book Club, where we read and review all the Star Wars novels. That podcast is at swactionnews.com. For more Star Wars collecting, please check out galactichunter.com, jedidefender.com, Jedi Archives.com, and yakface.com. And we thank those sites for their support of Star Wars Action News. You can help support Star Wars Action News by making a donation using the Donate button at SWActionNews.com or by using affiliate links on the Star Wars Action News homepage when shopping online. Your support helps keep Star Wars Action News on the air. We also appreciate it if you would spread the word about Star Wars Action News. If you enjoyed the show, please post about Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, or your social media network of choice, or just tell a friend about the show. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes page is at swactionnews.com. Star Wars Action News is created, produced, edited, and hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. The Star Wars Action News team is Segment Reporters Jerry, Brock, Jonathan, Nathan, and Steve Graphic Design by Chris Image Editing by Jay Podcast Enhancement by Andrew and Barrett. Associate Produced and Podcast Announcements by Brock Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all that the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved. Until next time, may the pegs be stocked and the Force be with you.
3: I had to get my 6-inch Black Series by asking a Target employee to get them out of the back and that was a little, it took a little bit of convincing for them to do that. So what you're saying is, it took a little bit
2: of convincing for the Target employee to get the 6-inch out of the back? Moving on.
6: (laughs) Was that before or after the pancakes? Oh no.
0: (laughs) So you all know I'm a loose guy, I display them on my shelves. Let me rephrase that. I'm a loose
5: six-inch. Uh, this podcast
2: loose. This has
0: just gone wrong.
2: Uh, okay, so we have it on the record. Brock has no morals.
0: Yes. clearly I'm with all of you. Uh, so, uh, so um, I, 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 uh, I found the guy with the drawers. I don't want to. That sounds dirty too, doesn't it? I found the guy with the drawers. Um, he had a drawers. So Were oh, you looking for the guy without the drawers? And I found him. Uh, I, I found the. Um,
2: that could be it, but yeah, the entire cast of Dawn of the Dead, the 70s version is over there, as well as George Romero himself. So, plus the whole cast of Pet Cemetery, also a zombie movie. You can hear more, no, you can't hear any of these reviews because you didn't donate. If you donated, you
0: didn't. So maybe they needed a smaller hall, and the, the illusion, illusion, not illusion, right? The, illusion. Uh, yeah, I had the right word, right? Yeah, you did. Okay. Don't so and th- thank you marjorie my and, and the year. listener probably couldn't tell the
2: difference between <laughs> illusion and illusion from the background noise anyway
0: so blooper so. yeah so, <laughs> <laughs> so perhaps that's what
6: before after pancakes then we get laid okay all right i'm in
0: so, so we
6: so we
2: will entitle this episode star wars action news brock's erect nipples <laughs>
0: They are a little perky, I have to tell you.
2: (laughs) So we will... And for the listeners, we want to know your thoughts on the Black Series. We talked about it a lot this episode. Give us a call at 405-508-JEDI. Give us a call at 415-508-JEDI. I don't actually remember the number after a 415-508-Jedi. couple beers. years. 508-Jedi. Okay, it's the 415, good. <laughs> Give us a call at 415-508-JEDI. Review the figures. Tell us your take. Six inch, three and three quarter inch. Do you go both ways? Or are you skipping them all? And the Saga Legends. So, let us know. Give us a call at 415-508-JEDI.
1: He remembered the phone number.
2: This time.